Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Okay, good evening. I'm continuing with our Mishnayot in Masechet Yevamot, Perek Yud Aleph, Mishnah Vav. Again, the remainder of the Mishnah is slightly uh, complex, as has been most of the Masechet, but uh, we'll get through it. You have a woman who uh, did not wait the required three months after she got divorced or widowed from her first husband. And when he said to Yalda, and she, she got married, and she gave birth to a boy seven months after the second marriage. The problem is we don't know who the father is. We don't know if this boy is nine months from the first husband, uh, who was either divorced or passed away, or seven months from the second husband who she married right away after the divorce or after he passed. So, to make things more complicated, she also had other sons from both the first husband and the second husband, different sons. So now this child grows up, the child who we don't know who the father is, he grows up, he gets married, and he dies without children. And now his widow needs to perform yibum or chalitza with one of the brothers from the father's side. But we don't know which one is the brothers through his father and which ones are the brothers only through the mother. Um, so therefore the Mishnah says, the, the Mishnah says that one of the sons of each husband needs to perform halitza and not perform yibum. They cannot take her into yibum because we don't know which one is an erva to her because she can't not take a one, uh, someone as yibum if, she, if he's an erva, as we learned at the beginning of the Masechet. Similarly, the same applies to them, him to them, meaning if one of these brothers grew up, uh, got married and died childless, so now this son whose father we don't know also he performs chalitza with the widows but he does not perform ibum because any one of them might be forbidden to him as an erva um, now if the, the son who we don't know who his father is he had brothers from the first husband that died, and brothers from the second husband, but neither were from the same mother. So they're like uh, stepbrothers. And now, um, these sons all married and died childless. Now, because the sons are not from the mother, this boy, who we don't know who the father is, he can choose whether he wants to perform halitza or yibum with any of the widows, because they're all permitted to him. Vehem but if he married and died childless, so they, one of them performs chalitza with the widow, and the other one can per- perform yibum. Okay. Now, same situation. One of the husbands was um, a Yisrael, and one of them was a Kohen. Now, we don't know who the child, we know the child's from one of them, but we don't know 
if the child came from the Kohen or for the, from the Israel. So here are the following laws for this boy. He can only marry a woman who is fit to marry a Kohen because he might be a Kohen. So uh, he cannot marry a divorcee. He also cannot become Tame uh, through contact with the dead. But if he did become Tamim, we don't give him the 40 lashes because he might not be a Kohen. He cannot eat Teruma because he might not be a Kohen. But if he mistakenly did eat Teruma, he does not have to pay the Keren Vahomesh, the principal of the Teruma that he took, plus the additional fifth as a fine, because it's possible that he is a Kohen. So he doesn't have to pay that. He doesn't receive the portion of the terumah on the threshing floor where the terumah is normally given out. We spoke about all these laws in previous Mishnayot, but this is just a different case, so they're repeating the laws. Because he's forbidden to, to eat terumah, so he doesn't go and collect. But he could sell that terumah to another Kohen and keep the money from that sale. He does not receive any portions in the sacrifices that belong to the Beit HaMikdash, even those that are not eaten, because he might not be a Kohen. Those, those items only belong to Kohen. And we do not give him sacrifices to offer in the Beit HaMikdash for the same reason. But at the same time, we don't remove his own, from his own sacrifices uh, from his possession. He's exempt from giving the foreleg, the jaws, and the stomach of kosher animals, those are the gifts to a that we give to a Kohen, because he himself might be a Kohen. So therefore, he's exempt from giving those gifts. And his firstborn animal, which again is normally given to a Kohen, he does not have to give that firstborn animal to a Kohen, but rather it should just graze until it develops a blemish, and uh, then he can slaughter and eat it. So again, to sum up, we give this boy all the stringencies of the Kohanim and all the stringencies of the Israelim. <clears throat> but if the, the lady who got remarried too fast, both husbands were Kohanim, so you know now that this child is a Kohen, then who onen alehim? If either of the husband dies, this son observes the laws of Onen, which means he cannot perform any avodah in the Beit HaMikdash. He cannot eat from the, any meat of, uh, of an offering on the day of they, uh, that they died because one, of, because one of these persons, it could have been his father. And similarly, if the guy dies, if this son dies, the husbands observe the Onen laws for him. Who eno metamelahem? He cannot make himself uh, tameh through contacting uh, physically the husbands if either of them died. And they, the husbands, cannot make themselves tameh through contacting with him if he died. The, the, the son does not inherit either one of his potential fathers if one of them uh, died because the other uh, sons of this husband can say, well, maybe you're not really his son. Um, maybe you're just uh, somebody else. You're the son of the other brother or the other person. So therefore, he cannot inherit. But the husbands do inherit the son if the son was to die. And therefore, the, his possessions would go to the husbands and then split down to the remaining brothers.
הוא פטור על מכתו ועל קללתו של זה ושל זה. This, this past week's parasha, we talked about מכה אבי ואמו מוטומט, ומקלל אבי ואמו מוטומט, one who strikes his father, one who, who curses his parents, is חייב מיתה. Well, he would be exempt from here, the Mishnah says. He's exempt from the death penalty for hitting or cursing uh, either this husband or that husband, because we don't know for sure which one is really his father. Um, the, this son does go up to perform his, um, his duties in the Bet HaMikdash uh, through the Mishmar. The Mishmar is that family group of Kohanim uh, of either husband, whoever, uh, for both of them. Because we don't, he might be, he might be this one, he might be that one, so he has to go for both. But he doesn't receive a portion of the meat or the hides that are divided among the, mem- the members of the Mishmar. However, if both husbands were part of the same Mishmar, the same family, then Notel Chelek Echad. He does take one portion with the other members of the Mishmar when it's their ter- ter- turn to serve in the Bet HaMikdash, because no matter who his father is, he definitely belongs to that Mishmar, so therefore he's able to take those gifts. And that concludes Perek uh, Yud Aleph, and we'll continue Bezrat Hashem tomorrow with Perek Yud Bet.